Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky, joined once again on Pandemic Saturday by Johnny. Johnny, how are you, mate? I'm very well. Looking forward to this one. Mate, I normally tell you what the podcasts are on this one, but I couldn't do that on this one. I'm, this is your therapy session. I'm giving you free counselling today. You're sitting on the black couch. You know, you've, you've got the nice pillars behind you. You've got the feet up. I want you to relax, Nom, okay? You're in the Bahamas. You hear water, water splashing against the sand. We're going to talk about the curse of the Newcastle Knights halves. So this has been one of my favourite subplots as an NRL fan and watching the NRL over the last, you know, 20 years about how since Andrew Johns, you failed to put a successful half in your team to win your competition. You, you potentially have the greatest half of the NRL era. And since he has left, you've had, let's call it a mixed bag. Let's call it, let's, let's be nice and call it a mixed bag. So today you've got the, your feet up on the couch. We're going to run through all the halves that you've had. You're going to give me a very quick, you know, out of 10, one being, Get, get them out of my life, 10 being I love them. It's very quick, you know, we don't have to go deep into each one unless you want to, of course. And like, this is a venting session, Nom. I'm here for you. You know, as a, as a Parramatta fan, I know how hard it is in the, the curse of Peter Sterling. So I understand it, mate. So I, I'm here. This is for all the Newcastle fans out there. We're just going to have a, a fun little session here. So you ready, ready, Nom, to, to wind back time? <laughs> here we go. There's going to be some good ones. All right. Uh, let me have it. All right, so we're going to start from, in my opinion, I'll go from what I think the number ones are up to who I think the best ones were. So you just go through it, okay? Yeah. Number one, you had Ryan Stig play for you in the number seven jersey nom. So Ryan Stig played, uh, <laughs> played 13 games for you in 2011. Do you remember much about Ryan Stig? Stig? Uh, no, was, was, he in, was he like an international? I mean, did he come from Europe or something or? No, he was another one of your Newcastle juniors who you thought would be the next Joey at some stage, but yeah, only lasted half a season. So I, I didn't think you remember much about Ryan. That's why I put him no. at put him at number one. But the next one, surely you remember Jack Cogger. You remember Jack? Bulldog, Bulldogs, great. Newcastle, great. You know he played for you guys. He played what do we got here? Twenty games. Played twenty games and he won three of them. So you remember right? You remember Jack, of course. Jack Cogger. So he would have. He was during your he was during your spoon days, your 2016. Yeah, days. yeah. Look, I can't say I have too many fond memories of Jack Cogger in uh, in the halves. So look, I I think like you said, I think this one will be right down then the one to three. I, I honestly can't remember a, a good game. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Because I like again, I he's a he's a good player, but let's go to the next guy here. Carlos Tumavave. You remember big Carlos? So again, Name does ring a bell. <laughs> he played five games for you in 2015, and you lost all five. So again, this is the this is the the, the dog days of the Newcastle Knights. You know, we're searching. You know, we're ten years on from Joey. We're searching for that for that half, and Carlos probably didn't do it for you. No, oh, geez, we've. I think I've blocked that period out of my memory. To be <laughs> honest. I know we definitely had back-to-back spoons, and I can't remember whether it was actually three in a row now. It was, it was some very dark days. And, yeah, I, I can't say I have uh, very fond memories or any 
I, I think it's just repressed, to be honest. Well, look, you know, as a Parramatta fan, I've got those, the retirement years, you know, 2012, 2015 for Parramatta. I understand it, mate. We signed some players as well, so I get it. The next one <laughs> is a very well-known player, but as a half, I don't think he played his best 40 years. It's Caelan Ponga. So you're probably surprised to see him on this list, but he did play in the number six jersey. That was the, the famous Nathan Brown wanting to get the most out yeah, of Caelan. Yeah. Um, but I think we all kind of worked out that in the house, probably not yet anyway. I think maybe later in his career, but um, in the house, not not his preferred position. No, um, you know, you want someone... Okay, look, you. Oh, what I was, was going to say is that you'd want someone of his calibre to have his hands on the ball as much as possible. But um, like you said, probably not at this stage of his career. Uh, you know, I, I think he is pretty much key to our attack at the moment. And... I think, um, yeah, fullback is definitely his his best position for now. All right. Well, I know you know the next guy, and you'll be lying if you say you didn't. It's big Brock Lamb. I know you remember Brock Lamb. Played 33 uh, – sorry, you know, played 32 games for Newcastle. How many did he win? He won eight of them. So, you know, not a great winning percentage, uh, about the 25%. But Brock, Brock tried his heart out, and obviously a lot of people will remember Brock from that missed uh, penalty shot to – to tie the game, I think it was to win the game, and he shanked it horribly. But Brock tried his heart out. Yeah, look, another one that you know did come around that you know mid two thousand and tens, where you know honestly, like I don't know if you could even throw, throw Joe into some of those teams, and you know, under, um, yeah, it, it was some very dark times there. All right, the next guy I actually think it's a bit of a, a rough a rough deal here. It's Mason Lino, so played seventeen games. Oh, yeah. That was the last two years. Got released. Mason, you know, not the greatest player, but tried his heart out and I thought was better than some of the options we've already spoken about. Yeah, look, Mason, um, look, he played very recently, actually. I think he was, you know, up and around last year. Um, look, he probably wasn't a... a he was, he was good to, you know, have during the origin periods, for example. He wasn't, you know, going to be ever going to be part of our first choice house pairing but like you said he tried his heart out and um, look he did provide some spark I, I remember he did have some um, yeah, attacking sparks but yeah I think defensively he was just uh, a bit of a liability there uh, the next guy is actually in your current squad Phoenix Crossland who surprisingly has only played the 12 games he's won 8 of them Nomi. he's got a 66% uh, percent winning percentage Phoenix is actually doing the thing yeah look I think Pete <sighs> I'll say Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix, he he actually get, gets my first passing grade here. I'm actually um, I'm actually a fan of him. I, I think you know he, he's he's a good five eight. He's up and coming. Um, like you said, he's he's got a decent win, win percentage. And um, look, I, personally, I, I I do rate him. And look, I wish him all the best. I think he's um, signed elsewhere. But look, I'm, I'm looking forward to see seeing his career unfold. All right, the next one. Probably one of the most un- unliked uh, Newcastle players. It's Kurt Mann. Fills in in the half for you, boys. Uh, what's he done now? He's got So he's played 51 games for Newcastle, winning percentage of 43%. He's one of those guys that probably gets dinged a little bit because we just don't know what his true position is. He's not a half. He's not a centre. He's not a fullback. Um, but again, he's, he's a coach favourite. Always makes the team. What's your thoughts on Kurt? Look, I've uh, made it no surprise that I'm not the biggest Kurt Mann fan. But you can't doubt um, 
yeah, that he he does yeah tries hard at every single week when he does put a jersey on. I think his best position is bench, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't think he's shown enough to actually secure one of our, I guess, a starting 13 position. But I think he would, um, for any team, he would be the ultimate utility. You know, if, you know, on an outside back, if a half goes down, if a hooker goes down, he could slot right in. All right. Yep, I agree. Next one, Blake Green. Uh Tail end of his career came over to Newcastle, so he only played uh, nine games overall. You know, he nearly won four, four, won four out of four out of nine, so just under the fifty percent. Um, came in for a better veteran leadership at the end. Formed a nice partnership before the ACL injury, but yeah, another one who just tried tried to fill in, but just couldn't do the job. Yeah, it's a it's a shame with Blake Green. Um, you know, he obviously retired um, just a few months ago, but. Like you said, he he was forming quite a good partnership with uh, Mitchell Pierce before he got that ACL, and then unfortunately Mitchell Pierce got that pec injury, so he actually never got to play with Mitchell again um, this season. Um, so yeah, it, it was actually a partnership I was looking forward to seeing this season, but yeah, unfortunately they just um, the two never overlapped. That's it. Next one on the list is actually your most recent player, it's Jake Clifford, who's come down from the Cowboys. I've obviously made no. No qualms that I think he's probably one of the most underrated him and Deedon. Uh, I don't see the hype in them. I think, you know, they're good. They, in their day, they might be good players, but, you know, right now for how they're being popped up and, you know, getting the immediate transfers into their club, what's your thoughts on Jake? Um, well, obviously a very small sample, but I think for what it's worth, the first game he did play with Mitchell Pierce, he looked, he looked really good. He had a great kicking game, um, massive boot which was giving, you know, Reese Walsh and even RTS all sorts of trouble under that wind. Um, look, he's probably the other one that gets a passing grade so far. I think he's lost one. He's won one. Um, I think I think now that Mitchell Pierce is back, um, he'll be better for the run. And fingers crossed that the Knights, you know, can get something going now that, you know, we got Mitchell Pierce back. All right now we're in a, now we're into the decent place. We've got rid of the the players that you know, like you said, they were in the really really bad Newcastle teams. Probably not going to be doing much. Now we're into a bit of a tier where I think you're going to get some pass mark here. So the one here, probably one of the more underrated ones, this is Tyrone Roberts. Oh, so yeah. came in again during during that time, uh, played a bit of fullback, played a bit of five A, but I always thought Tyrone got a bit of a a raw deal. I thought I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, I think so. And he, he actually had a um he's a very good goal kicker from memory. Um look he like I said, he probably did c- come through during that you know rough period when we only had uh, Nathan Brown. Um but like you said, he, he gets a pass mark in my eyes. Yeah, so he was 2011, 2015, played 97 yeah. games, uh won about 44% of them. And you know, with the boot, 72%, scored, you know, 21 tries. So one of those players that uh, where he moved to the Gold Coast after and played some good footy for the Gold Coast. So I think uh, we look back at Tyrone with some some fondness. What about the next guy? He was one of the original next Andrew Johns, Scotty Juro. Um, a lo- lot of raps on him, and you know, actually did play. He was one of those players where, that, like, you look at the the box scores and stuff, and you're going, "Oh, that wasn't that great." But he don't forget, he was the he came into that 2007 season, which was the same year Johns retired. So he ended up playing 42 games overall for Newcastle winning 42%, but he got a pretty raw deal being the direct next player after Joey. Yeah, so he would have 
paired, correct me if I'm wrong, he would have paired uh, Jared Mullen quite a bit in the halves. Yeah, Mullen and Gidley, who will come up on all this soon, he was, yeah, mm. around that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, geez, that's a tough act to follow, eh? <laughs> Following Joey in the halves. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, you talked about power just then, you know, it's so hard for clubs to sort of uh, really recover after, you know, after having s- such a dominant player retire in a position where, you know, it's, it's vital for your attack. And I think, yeah, like he said, he just got the raw end of the deal, just retiring after Joey and, um, yeah, a lot of expectations on his shoulders. Yep. All right. So now we're getting into, we've got the last five, Nom. So these are all the prototypical, this is the person who'd fill Joey's shoes. So all five of these guys at one stage, yeah. we had the Daily Telegraph written, the Fox Sports article written saying, this is the guy to replace Joey. The Newcastle seven jersey or six jersey has been saved. So the first one, another current one, Mitchell Pierce. Came, to, came down to Newcastle in 2018 after a successful stint with the Roosters. Um, he's played 64 games so far, won 49% of them. You know, when he's in the lineup, he's obviously a lot better for the club. Um, but again, it's a player, end of his career compared to the start. Um, what do you give as a grade for Mitch in his overall time at Newcastle? I mean, I'm interested to hear this answer. As a Newcastle fan, I think... I think um, he he's been good for the club. Um, you know, I know he's on a lot of money, and I'm he- I'm hearing yeah news that you know he might not be here next year. Which, as a Newcastle fan, I I am quite worried about. You know, um, I wouldn't want uh, Jake Clifford steering the ship just yet as a dominant playmaker. I think you know he's at the I guess twilight of his career, but he just still brings so much to our attack and the team. Like, I mean, without. Mitchell Pierce. I know we all talk about Kalen Ponga as the key to our attack, but I think Mitchell Pierce is just as critical as missing Turbo for the Manly Seagulls. 100%. All right, the, the top four. This guy is pro- pretty high on my list. I just think, again, he's played, he played in those really, really bad Newcastle teams, but I thought your team would have been even more of a joke if he wasn't there. It was Trent Hodkinson. So only played the two seasons, 16 and 17, played uh, 40 games, only won five of them amazingly uh, for a 12% winning percentage. But I just thought if he he was at least that professional who you looked at that teams of those 2014-15 teams, they're laughable teams. And he's the only really guy you can point to to go, yep, yeah, that's an actual that's an actual NRL player every week. Yeah, I mean, he, his career pretty much ended as soon as he moved to Knights, unfortunately. He was coming off, you know, grand finals from the Bulldogs. He had won. He had broken the the state of origin drought, but yeah, unfortunately, when he came to Newcastle, that um, yeah, we did we, we that was pretty much that that period where we're sort of moving on the Wayne Bennett retirement village, and yeah, unfortunately, not much more to say there. Yeah, no, again, one of those guys. If he if he could stick around there and you know kind of get some of the good days in Newcastle, you know, if he was there a little bit earlier um, and caught you know some of the the earlier teams, he just came in right at that wrong time, and again. He's. It's probably a good thing that he was there because maybe there were some young players that ended up coming later into the in the coming years that learned a little bit off Trent. But yeah, he does get a bit of a raw deal. The next guy, Kurt Gidley. So he was obviously there for Joey, but he did get thrust into the halves at some stage because they did think he was a six and could steer the team around. What was your? He's obviously godly to you, one of your favorites as a half, but and like replacing Joey. What's your thoughts? 
Yeah, to be honest, his his time in the halves doesn't really stand out in memory. You know, for me, Gidley will always be remembered as um, you talk about Kurt Mann as the ultimate utility, but then also at fullback, I think he he did a job. He was yeah, you know, second houses and um, you know, fittest man in the league. Yeah, su- su- such a good player. Over two hundred fifty games, mm. eighty tries. You know, scored over a thousand points. Won nearly fifty percent of his games. Uh, you know, rep player, uh, played 12 Origin. So had a great career just, again, in the halves. You know, it was kind of that thing to say, you know, he was a good fullback, uh, could slot in anywhere. But, yeah, when when they asked him to be the primary playmaker, just it could never happen. Number two on the list, Luke Walsh. So a guy that had success uh, at Newcastle and away from Newcastle. Uh, he's one of my favourite players, Luke Walsh. Had a very short career to what I thought it would be. Only played the 120 games and only had the 13 for Newcastle. Again, it was the 13 in the 2007 season, right after Joey. So similar to Scott Juro, just that immediate pressure. And he was very much the first, like at the time, the first next Joey. It just, yeah. He went to Penrith and had some nice success at Penrith. Um, but yeah, I think he was just in a lose-lose situation that first year at Newcastle. Yeah, that's right. Like I, when you talk about Luke Walsh, I, yeah, I do only really remember his time at Penrith, where you know he did a d- decent job there. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to be following up um, in the halves after after Joey to you in Newcastle. Nah, and again, another one I would have really liked to have seen his career because you know the Knights were competitive, you know, two thousand eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I would have liked to have seen him stick around there and try. You know, it would have been him and Mullen in the halves and really try and you know build that that nice half partnership, but we do end on Jared Mullen. Um, obviously a bit of a fall from grace currently suspended uh, due to a drug uh, scandal. But look what he's done for Newcastle over 200 games, 211 games, won nearly 50% of his games. He was just one of those guys. He was never going to be Joey, um, but he was just able to consistently um, play good footy. You know, he was there during the good years, you know, started in 05. He was there for when Joey was there after Joey, through the bad times in the mid-2010s. Um, he was a consummate professional, but again, just uh, was always the, the you know, the saviour of a Newcastle's house and just wasn't able to do it. Yeah, look, I think, um, yeah, Jared Mullen is right up there. When you think of um, Newcastle halves, it'd be Joey and then, you know, probably Mullen or Pierce really in terms of how, how um, vital they were for the team. Yeah, that's 18 halves, Nom. So you've had an 18 half. Halves come in there, you know, for anywhere from three games like a, uh, Clifford, you know, a 200-gamer like uh, Mullen, but you just haven't been able to find it. And, again, it's there's certain teams and certain positions that just it's so hard to fill for some reason. It just seems like I don't know when it will happen for you guys. Hopefully it's Clifford uh, or Paul Tyler, you know. He, he's that He's got that good talent about him. But, yeah, it's when you've got an immortal, you know, literally a top five player in the NRL history, maybe even top one. And if you ask certain people to try and even back up and, you know, replace that Jersey, what a tall order. Yeah. And I'd like to thank you for uh, this stitch up. You, you said that this would be uh, nice and therapeutic for me. And it just opened up some, some horrible wounds. It reminded me that we did indeed have three wooden spoons between 2015 and 2017. So thanks a lot, Matt. Look, we're going to do I'll, – I'll return the favour. We can do a Parramatta one any time. <laughs> we can go through all the terrible halves that Parramatta had, including my man Chris Sando. But, again, it's, it's, yeah, I like to go through NL history and kind of just, like, look at, you know, some trends and some things that you see. And that Newcastle halves is just a glaring one. That's, that's for me, always is going to be one 
when it happens and when Newcastle does win a premiership again, whoever the halfback is will be a god in the hunter. So it's, you know, for any young player that wants to be, you know, godlike in the NRL, go win a premiership at Newcastle and you'll definitely get that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a long time between drinks up in Newy, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can get it done under uh, Adam Bryan in the next few. That's it. All right, we'll leave it there. Nom, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a great sport, mate. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for having me again. Biggest right. stitch up. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.